Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. So, <laughs> so what's new? Listen to that voice. What's going on, what folks? What is new with everybody? Has I mean, anything <laughs> happened to you in the last... I mean, I haven't seen you guys since last week. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't even at the show last week, so it's been a little while. Hold on. Didn't we just see you? I don't remember. We had a good weekend. I no, thought I saw you recently. I don't know. I wasn't at the show last Monday. I'm making it up. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Oh, no. We recorded We recorded Ice Sport Radio. Oh, that's yeah, what that's that was okay. it. We did actually see his face yeah. when we did that. So um, we're probably not going to talk a ton about the Flyers tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Something else major happened. I mean, I um, guess. Molly Schuyler won the Wing Bowl, 501 wings. Which is absurd, <laughs> by the way. I, I think it's a, a work, of, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me just introduce you to the panel. Uh, first, let's lead it off in her Nick Foles jersey from 2013. Steph Alicia Steve, Steph Driver. <laughs> it is from 2013. Um, and obviously, I've been making a lot of noise in the past 24 hours because I'm a little scratchy myself. I have not taken this jersey off. Um, that's not true. I showered and then put it back on. Bless. But like <laughs> Nick Nick Foles. Right? Nick Foles and the Super Bowl winning Philadelphia Eagles. Thank you. The fly by yourself, Kelly Hinkle. So wait, aren't we supposed to be sharing our stories? Ah, we'll just get to that. We'll get just we'll get there in a minute. Say hi. Well, in that case, hello, go birds. <laughs> <laughs> From theathletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So please bear with me tonight because my voice legitimately is gone. Um, you may be obvious on this show that I don't do a lot of yelling. Very, very I don't yell very often. Well, folks. Occasionally, <laughs> occasionally my voice will, will, will elevate to sort of match Bill and Steph, but generally pretty, pretty calm, pretty level. I probably yelled more last night than I've ever yelled in my life. Everyone sounds really sexy. I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I was yelling a lot last night in the presence of two out of the four other people here um 
And I said, like, no, my voice will be fine tomorrow. Like, I've got a strong pair yeah, of vocal cords. I, that, that, actually, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll be fine to host a show. It'll be fine. I was not prepared. And joining us this week, our very first patron, Steph tells me, yes. Brian yeah. Coulter. Brian Coulter from Bleeding Green Nation. That's right. I'm Please not... let us remember that he is the honorary member for multiple reasons. I am, okay. I am not going to do the John Barchard What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? <laughs> I, I would like to say, though, that uh, I know it's a point that we might get to later, that if there was a coach in sports that is the complete opposite of Dave Haxtall, it is Doug Peterson. <laughs> Hands <laughs> down. Yep. All right, so let's get into it. Taylor Lear, how does everyone <laughs> feel about him rejoining the line? He's back to the line. Great news. He's back. That's Taylor good. Uh, just, how was everyone's experience last night? Uh, take me through. I'm, I'm going back. Take me through the game. Get me through everything and then get me to how you celebrated. Just give it to me. I'm going further back. So I'm going to Saturday night. When we had our the the Washington D.C. contingent of Broad Street Hockey in Philadelphia, so we all went to Adobe as we do, as one does, as one does. When you leave the plans up to Stephanie, that's what happens. So we're at Adobe, and I see Brian. This is how it happened. I said, Brian, you've got to come and join us. Yes. And what did you say, Brian? I said that I would guarantee that I would be here tonight if the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And here we are. He's a man of his word, ladies and, and gentlemen. And here we are. That's right. Um, so, my Super Bowl day was, like, I couldn't sleep that night. Like, Saturday night, I couldn't sleep. Um, I woke up and was just like... Oh, I got super drunk on Saturday, so had to had to prepare myself. <laughs> I was driving, so I was not super drunk. Um, just close one eye. And then you're so <sighs> yeah, that doesn't quite work. Don't do that. I'm kidding. So I was just full of full of just nervous, crazy nervous energy, like insane nervous energy for a sustained like 12 hours before I was even going to leave my house to get to Charlie's because we peer pressured Charlie into having a party. Um, I ended up being late for reasons because you know, 12 hours of sustained nervous energy leads to an anxiety attack. <laughs> I mean, yeah. who knew? Who knew? Um, so I missed the majority of the first quarter, I think. When I got there, it was 9 3. Yeah. And that sucked. Um, when you showed up, the Eagles defense left. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Not entirely. That's not true. Um, there was a lot of screaming and. Then we took to Broad Street, and that was just, like, hands down, the most incredible experience. Like, the... I have never in my life experienced anything like that ever, ever. And I never will again, because it's never going to be the first championship for a team in the city ever again. Like, yeah. it's never going to be that way. It's I... um. The closing moments of the game were real interesting because that last play, a lot has to happen. The ball's being juggled, and then it hits the ground finally after a year, year and a half or so. <laughs> and then you immediately just look for a flag because the ball was in the air on a deep pass play, so you assume there's probably a flag. And then you realize, oh, shit, the clock is at zero. <laughs> and then a whole bunch of... Th the clock is at zero, and the Eagles have more points, which means they won. This is and true. And this is actually the Super Bowl. 
and then all the things come together, the Eagles won the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> Uh, I actually had a bottle of champagne in my hand that I was drinking because I just took the wrapper off and it popped with like a minute to go. <laughs> we had we had a premature ejaculating <laughs> bottle and hey, everyone no. started screaming at me because there was still a fucking minute left in the game. I was like, they got it. It's fine. It's fine. It was fine. It turned out. It turned out to be fine. I, I, it was fine. I brought a bottle of champagne to Charlie's, but it stayed in the fridge until <laughs> until they won. And then yeah, we I went to grab it, it just so I could just so I could pop it right. But as soon as I took the wrapper off, it just fucking blew, and that was that. <laughs> I want to know <laughs> premature population. Yeah, sometimes it happens. <laughs> you just get so excited, and it just True. goes. Like, it was a big moment. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Subscribe to The Athletic, everybody. Uh, uh, who here cried? I did. Staphylitis used to have driver. I did. I cried. I, I like it, it was a couple heaving sobs on the couch. Yeah. And I was holding Maddie's hand because Maddie is an angel. Um, he is the sweetest little angel. And then I think I also cried at Broad Street. Like there were there were a lot of tears. I I sobbed today. Like there were there were tears. I choked up a couple times watching stuff today. I thought I was going to bawl my eyes out when they won because I did when the Phillies won. I just thought it would hit me, but it really didn't hit me until later. Uh, I had to go back to the house. We all, we all ran out to Broad Street and did crazy nonsense, ate horse shit, all of it. And um, <laughs> that was you. <laughs> I mean, are you shocked? And I had to go no. back to the house for a little bit, and then I was just sitting there, and I was like, I've seen so many Super Bowls, none of them have ever had the result I wanted it to be I have to watch some of this post-game coverage so I'm sitting there and like I see the replay of Nick Foles saying he's going to Disney World I'm just watching all this stuff and then I jump over to Comcast Sportsnet and Michael Barkan uh, quotes Fred Shiro and he brings up the win tonight we walk together forever and I fucking lost. <laughs> like I was sitting on a couch in an empty house by myself, bawling my eyes out yeah. for 20 minutes. And I was like, all right, chugged a beer, went back out to Broad Street, <laughs> joined the riot. I honestly believe, uh, I was saying this before the show, the... Um, the celebration on Broad Street, I thought, was much more tame than 2008, and I think it's because the game was fucking physically exhausting. I woke up oh today God. in pain. Like My whole am, body hurt. I am sore. I feel like I played. I woke up on my buddy's couch. He's coming down the steps. I'm like, Dave, did we jump off of anything or climb <laughs> anything last night? He goes, nah, man, we didn't. For a change. I was like, why <laughs> am I in physical pain? <laughs> I'm just like, the game was physically exhausting. That, that was my experience too, but I just attributed it to the fact that we walked probably like four miles. Like yeah. it, was, it was a lot. It was a lot of walking. So we started up past Spring Garden, walked all the way down to Spruce, and then made and then walked back. back. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is not, I mean... Even going straight, it's not close. No. But we were meandering, and there were a lot of people. Um, I wasn't out there in 2008, so I don't know, but I asked. Yeah. I did ask Charlie. Really? And I, you were at Drexel, weren't I know. You? It was a whole thing. I <laughs> I don't have an excuse for myself. It was a whole thing. I was, like, in deep West Philly with, like, a, a Yankees fan. It was a... What? It, it was a thing. It, it was a thing. But, we all make mistakes. You know, I was young. I was young and dumb. But I was out there this year. I was there this year. And yes, there was property damage. <laughs> there was property uh, damage. Public property, which is fine. But 
Like, it wasn't that bad. I think the Ritz-Carlton awning collapse is top five funniest things we I've wa- ever we seen. Watched, we watched that happen. We, watched, we were there for that I one. can't stop watching it. I think it's so funny. Did you, I was did you very see afraid. my video? I put it up on I, I put it up so. on the Twitter. Like, we watched it happen. Then my, my immediate reaction was to the, our group, get the fuck out. Yeah. I was, <laughs> like, con- I I was don't, I don't... convinced people were dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Convinced. Even if they were, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? I don't know, but I didn't <laughs> want to be near it. Like, I didn't want to be near it. Near it. Get the fuck out. And, and the, the bizarre part about it too is like it Stop. literally happened in like slow motion. Like it just it, it slowly started to buckle. And yeah. you see like yeah, the, 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 real, the realization of the people like, oh my God, this is gonna happen. We're gonna fall. Oh boy. And like you're you're screwed. What can yeah. you do? Like you're oh you're God. going down with a ship at that point. Uh did any of you steal a police horse? No, I've pet one. Maybe. I pet one. Oh, nice. I did. I pet one. Apparently, and- there were two police horses that were stolen for a short period. <laughs> they got them back. Uh, I guess they were just commandeered. They just well, took them. Steph did know. see one that didn't have a person on it. And she did briefly consider <laughs> I, maybe I, she should ride this horse. I, I did. Have zero I just percent. wanted to sit on it. I yeah. have zero percent chance of being able to mount a horse. I am it's not, not getting e- up there. It's not easy. I am you not get- getting up there. It's not no. easy. I can't. Can you really blame them? Did you see how much they were charging for Uber and Lyft? <laughs> it was ridiculous. Probably. My Lyft never yeah. showed up. Um, we were at 12th in Oregon. People are getting charged like a hundred bucks to go back to Fishtown. Yeah. I, so, I yeah, paid, I'll, take, I'll take the horse. Yeah. Sorry, at, I stole your horse. <laughs> at 3.30 in the morning, I paid 45 bucks to get back to Jersey, which isn't that, that bad. That doesn't seem bad. But it's also 3.30 in the morning. Yeah, that's true. Like it should not have been that much. Uh, the reviews, because more than anything that bothered me was Collinsworth's that was commentary the, during the reviews. That was, from what I've been hearing, because we were at the uh, BGN radio, we were at the Fillmore. How was that event? It sounded awesome. Oh, my God. You can hear it in my voice. <laughs> I can, I can. About a rough estimate, maybe about 1,500 or so people uh, for a place that can fill at least 2,000. Uh, raucous atmosphere throughout but it was just what the way they had it set up was whenever the game was going on they would switch over to Merrill and Mike which made a lot of sense because you nobody know, wants to hear no one wants to hear Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth and, Chris and Collinsworth that's, turtle without a shell in that, <laughs> in that situation so all we're hearing as we're leaving is uh, people who are walking the street and they're talking about the game is Michaels and Collinsworth were so bad and they were so in the tank for the Patriots Yeah, and he didn't really you know, it didn't really register until you saw the highlights uh, on YouTube, for example, and they had the commentary put in. It's the Clement touchdown, and Collinsworth's going on and on about how, oh, it's not a catch. I, I don't know what a catch is anymore. I didn't think the Clement one was going to be a touchdown. <clears throat> uh, that's a tough one. See, you've got to tell me which one the that ball, was. The, the, the toe, in the back the of the toe. end zone where the ball moves. Oh, yeah, no, I was convinced that that was not the a Ertz touchdown. The Ertz one was an obvious. Like he took yeah, three strides was. before he turned upfield and took strides before he was going to the ground. To me, that was clear. He became a runner. I thought the Clement one. They were helped by the fact that it was called a touchdown on the field. Whatever it was going to be called, it was going to be ruled. And I guess you could make the argument he adjusted the ball and never he never juggled it. He always had possession. That, that's that's what I believe. You could yeah. make that argument, but. The ball moved, and then he stepped out of bounds. I've seen that overturned. Yes. Same. I have seen that overturned yeah. before. Hey, touchdown, Eagles win. Fuck yeah. But I was convinced it was not going to count. And, and looking back on it, you know, you can say that that really wasn't the pivotal touchdown or the pivotal score, because I think a lot of other people will be considering the fact that Nick Foles not only three for three touchdowns, he, you know, he caught one. He caught one. <laughs> he caught 
one. After yeah, Brady dropped that. I was going to say, oh, Brady God. didn't catch my I love God. I love Doug so much. I want to I, I want to kiss his face. I love him. I said a lot more vulgar things last like year. Sure <laughs> I, I want to get him in a room with Dave Haxtall immediately. We, the fact, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, please the, get, have a nice, strong chat. And with that's your like, friend I don't want to like. I don't want to turn this into like the hack versus Doug thing. But when you here for it, we can. When you look at the aggressiveness and yes. the the camaraderie that he has with his players and the belief he has in his players to put them in situations where, yeah. yes, I'm going to tell you to be aggressive and I'm going to draw up the most ridiculous play I can draw up. And he I'll fourth and goal in the yeah. fucking Super Bowl. And yeah, and guess what? Nick, Cole, Nick Foles is going to catch a pass. Yeah. Like, and it worked. Yeah. Because he believed in them to do it. Yeah. And... I we never, can't even get fucking Dave yeah. to give Nolan Patrick more than 12 minutes yeah. a night. That's too scary for him. Travis Konechny just started getting overtime right. minutes. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. please have a fucking talk. No, with and, and like I said this on Twitter during the game, because somebody, somebody I follow in, in hockey Twitter basically said, you know, it's great that Peterson's doing, you know, going for it on fourth down and things like that. But like, he's just following the probabilities like coaches should have been doing this years ago. And I quote treated him and I was basically like, yeah, this is what happens when you have an, a, a top down organization that cares about analytics. Mm-hmm. And Kurt immediately responded with nice sub tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, sort of <laughs> No, I, I, I believe that about two point conversions. I think chip was right about two point conversions and didn't have the balls to do it in the NFL. Like if you went for it every time you'd be over 50%. Oh, yeah. I fully believe it. Um, the Eagles experimented a little bit with it when uh, I guess Elliot got hurt in like the yes. middle of a game this in year. The, uh, Dallas game, yeah, the Dallas yeah. game, and w- they were like four for four, yeah, uh, something like that. I, you're not going to be four for four every week, but I believe if you did it every time at the end of the season, you'd be over fifty percent. What would the all right take that fourth down on the one? Now try to. I'm trying to think of like the hockey equivalent to that when what Hackstall would probably do in that situation. <sighs> And I think oh, it would, I got it. I, it would go be, ahead. It would be punt <laughs> down a goal. Yeah, twenty six or so seconds left. Offensive zone draw. Dave puts out Yuri Laterra. <laughs> he puts out Valtteri Filppula, and he puts out Andrew McDonald. That's Andrew McDonald That's, um, time. Definitely Andrew McDonald's music. Over, yeah. What was the overtime? The Ottawa game on Saturday was the last time they played, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. He'd been doing great. Dave had been doing great been doing all day. Stuff, like, yeah. All right, man. We got Scott Lawton and the boys up on the third line. He's bumped Philp down. Like, all right. The lines are out. Like, I have the one. Like, we do have some flyer stuff in the outline. Yeah, we're getting there. And I want to we'll say, like, eventually. the forwards, I think, right now are optimal. I do believe he, he's icing optimal forward I mean, lineup. I agree with that. It, For yeah, the players fine. who are here. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. If we're not going to say, yes, bring up Lindblom, because yes, bring up Lindblom. But... For the guys who are here, I think he's actually doing the right thing. Yeah, for, for and once. then they're in overtime, and here comes Philpola. Yeah, like yep. he's slow yep. and old, and he demoted him because of it. It's three on three. Yeah, what, what are what you the doing, fuck? old man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. And then yeah, uh, I, but that's it. That's playing. That's playing conservative. Yeah, right. That's, exactly. Yeah. It's playing not to lose. Exactly. I'm not going to put Lawton out there. No, that's I'm going to put the old guy out there because he's seen it all. He's got yes. the experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 so frustrating. Um, I want to talk about the destruction and the lack thereof. So you were in a different part of the city than yeah, we were. I, what did you see down there? I saw nothing but joyousness. The only... Hold yes. on. Wait, wait, wait. Did you get my voicemail? I haven't played it yet. 
Oh God, I feel like you should play it on the air. I was actually, actually I was actually going to do this. Do I have to give it to Taylor? I, I think the producer wants this voicemail. <laughs> oh so, my God, I'm fucking here for this because oh I don't God. think I heard I th- you do I it. I think it's only like five seconds, seconds long. Yeah. Bill, I'm so happy right now. Um, did, I mean, did, did you make like, it on Broad Street? No, it was in your it was, apartment. It was in my apartment. In your apartment, I made just two, like screaming. I mean, like, I made two yeah. phone calls in Charlie's apartment before we went to Broad Street. One was to Dylan, and the other was to Bill. Dylan answered. We yelled back and forth for like forty seconds. I did hear that one. All I heard was Dylan. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. And then I called Bill. Um, so I want to. I want to know about your experience. In the deep south of that's, Philadelphia, that's, we didn't make it uh, as far north as I expected. Um, You're we don't, old. yeah, we only got to about Wolf Street, which oh, was far. Yeah, no. no, we didn't get far at all from no, Oregon. Didn't. Uh, no. <laughs> but like that area was filled. The only I saw fireworks, but yeah. I saw no destruction. Okay, are we ready for this? Uh, Bill has the iPhone without the headphone jack that I need, uh, okay. uh, so oh, I can play it against Christ the mic sake. if you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, hold it up to the mic. <laughs> it was about five seconds. Yeah. Well, there we go. About five seconds. Uh, can we make that into a drop for this show? <laughs> that's good. That's a good one. That's a good voicemail. We keep that one. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, keep I, that one. I was a I was a part of a mosh pit. Uh, someone had yeah, like a full. Someone had like surprised. a full speaker, like a like a guitar amp out there hooked up to like a uh, like a, a phone or something and uh the meek song what oh, the hell yeah. is it called uh, dreams, dreams and nightmares yeah. yeah i i i have to like meek now and it it kills me <laughs> I, we saw- I, I saw i heard him get like killed by uh drake and i was like come on man that dude was on nickelodeon <laughs> <laughs> he just whooped your ass i'm trying to think of what my i think my favorite thing was there was like one person carrying a drum Another person was playing the drum. Walking backwards. Walking backwards. And then there was just like a group of people around them just like dancing. Yeah. And they I were was, just traveling as a group it was down a Philly, Broad It was Street. a Philly Mardi Gras. Yeah, it was. It was. My favorite thing, my favorite thing was that every single group of people that you came across was chanting Big Dick Nick. Big Dick Nick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every no, single. That, that, that was probably that the top chant one of the, of the like, things. Oh, my God. One of the things I am looking most forward to is at the parade. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> is, when he ta- is he going to take it out? <laughs> I hope so. You know I what? Would. You know what? Just put it right up against the trophy. I would. Uh, <laughs> Bigger than the trophy. Uh, I mean, at this point, we're talking. One of the things I am looking most forward to at the parade is when he comes by on a float or whatever, there will be audible Big Dick Nick chants. And I really want to see his reaction to that. That poor, sweet, Jesus loving man (laughs) is not going to know what to do with a fucking two million people chanting Big Dick Nick. I hope he pulls it out and swings it around. I I keep the headphones on the kid. That's what I mean. Like, I don't even know what the, the flyers equipment of the fact that Nick Foles came in and took this team to a Super Bowl with victory after Carson Wentz went down. Like, is, is it like, it is, is, yeah. it like is it yeah, like Sean Couturier yeah, gets hurt and then Val Philpel gets promoted to 1C yes. and is good? Like, is that what it is? Or I, if, like, Lion had played actual good yeah. hockey, maybe that could have been something. Like, it's got to be someone who everyone, and, like, if you didn't, if, if you believed before he took that job that Nick Foles was a good quarterback, you're, you're, you're lying. Like, no one thought he was good. I do. (laughs) Hello. I 
haven't Thanks, had this me. jersey for five years. Who cut up? Who cut up the uh, the yelling about sports stuff where it's just me trashing foals? Not Albert. so much trashing foals as saying I have to come to grips with the fact they're not going to win the Super Bowl because I was convinced they were going to win the Super Bowl. And was it Kurt who cut it all it was up? Albert, Albert, Albert. yeah, okay. Albert, who's watching with us right hey, now. But like, Hi. I'm sorry, I saw the guy play in 2014 and 2015. He stunk. I do actually have a lot but of. Respect. It turns out it turns out Chip and Jeff Fisher are really bad coaches. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had the one really good year under Chip. Yeah. So Grant, but Grant that ship like, that. That shit was luck. Like, come on, defensive backs falling down, the Packers dropping interceptions, and they just land in the hands of Deshaun. Like, it just looked like luck. How much better than every other team in football was this Eagles team? Like the play, I, I the, the players they lost, yeah. and they still went out there and literally outscored. Tom Brady, Brian, in the Super Bowl. Yes. If I were to say to you in September, yes, the Eagles' three best offensive players are Carson Wentz, Jason Peters, and Darren Sproles. Would I be right about that? You would at least get the first two right, uh, depending on where you think um, Lane Johnson rates. Okay, oh, and, and yeah. Kelsey for that matter. But uh, as far as like dynamic offensive players. You don't really know going into a season what you had with Alshon. You, yeah. ex- you had expectations. Yeah, you like Alshon, yeah, but it, you know he's not. And you knew that Zach, he's not Odell. And, like, and Zach Ertz was uh, a guy who had great for flashed, half, yeah, yeah. For, for half a season, mm-hmm. depending on whether or not it was the beginning or the later part of the season. But if you told me then that, all right, this is when you're going to lose Darren Sproles. This is when you're going to lose Jason Peters. This is when you're going to lose Carson Wentz. In succession. And you're like, all right, you know. Maybe eight, eight, uh, seven, and nine. If things break wrong going forward, especially with Nick Foles, because there wasn't that track record like you're talking about. And he, he didn't play in the yeah. preseason. Yeah, he was hurt. He was like, I don't know if he can still throw. His elbow's screwed. Like no For, one knows if he can play. And that was one of the weird things is that he had what what was it like a dead arm or something during yeah. the preseason? Yeah. And he yeah. wasn't playing. And now in the postseason, he's throwing lasers. <laughs> I I've seen. I've been very critical of Nick Foles myself. You've seen him play. Yeah, I've seen him play. And especially, (laughs) you're like, where did this arm strength come from? Especially outside at the link. Jesus. Uh, Jesus. It was probably God. Jesus. (laughs) Like another thing, too, because I was thinking about this today, you know, thinking about all the kind of adversity they overcame. You know, they lost Jordan Hicks and Jason Peters yeah, in, the, in the same yeah. game. And you can make yeah. a really good case that Jordan Hicks is the most talented member of the defense and Jason Peters is the most talented member of the offense. They lost both those guys on the same night. Yes. Uh, it's even before the Wentz injury. Yeah. Oh, I just realized I went to two games this year and it was the Redskins game and the LA game. <laughs> oh, so it's all your fault. Yeah. Wow. Jesus Christ, keep that man out of the stadium. They lost everybody in the two games I went to. Right but now I'm looking hey, up how, to, how much Corey yeah, Clement jerseys are. I've decided I love the little nugget. Glassboro High, baby. I made you sandwiches before, Corey. Philly native. I, I, and I, I could be, I could end up being totally off here, but like Corey, Corey Clement is, is the guy who, like you know how when teams win championships, and there's like a guy who was far down the lineup at the time, played really well, and you're like, wow, we got that great performance out of him. And then five years later, you're like, oh yeah, we had Claude Drew on the third line. That's yeah, why we got no, to the final. Like, 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 I really could see Corey Clement being really good. He's your and, kid. And, and, and I was basically saying, you know, five years down the line, like, yeah, you know how good that Eagles team was? Corey Clement was like the third running back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I his, love him picking up his, Billy Lano off waivers. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, that if you needed somebody to fill that Darren Sproles role, 
Corey Clement did it. And that's the biggest surprise because he got an undrafted guy from Jersey. Like that's the last thing I think a lot of people were expecting was him to be such uh, such a great route runner. Yeah, I mean, you you heard a lot when uh, during draft time about how you know he did have these abilities, but I think it was uh, James Seltzer who called him uh, a Honda Accord. <laughs> that that was the nickname in training camp because there really wasn't a whole lot of flash to him. But you know, it was the reliability that whenever the ball was in his hands, he knew that positive things were going to happen. Whether it be two yards or 20, something positive was going to happen. And to see him grow over the course of the season and be trusted in big spots, whether or not it's to close out a game or you know catch a 20-yard touchdown That's, pass in the Super Bowl. A couple of weeks ago, he said, uh, a couple of weeks ago, he had five catches. He said he'd never had five catches at any level before. Wow. Oh, like, Angel. <laughs> oh. She's, Someone Steph's, buy me a Corey Clement. I was going to say, Steph is already looking at jersey prices. <laughs> yeah, like you, you see it, right? Yes, it's up I, on my screen. Yes. <laughs> that is exactly what I'm doing. That is doing a right. lot of money. Please, <laughs> they are. It's Steph a lot of drivers. I'm gonna get the uh, I'm gonna get the NFC champion stuff this week and the Super Bowl champ stuff in like June. I've decided that's the best way to do it economically. Okay. <laughs> are, are you against buying uh, championship stuff before the Super Bowl? No, no, no. It's, it's, when it's, it's all it's over, he I'm wants it want, on sale. When yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm like mm-hmm. you know, before the Super Bowl, you know, a lot of people are you know worried about a jinx about. All right, I'm buying the NFC Championship T-shirt. Yeah, it's like holding. It's like you think you're holding the like the Eastern Conference Championship trophy, right. When they won't touch it before they go to the Stanley Cup. No, because when it's over, because uh, I have an NFC East hat, and when it's over, I'm going to want all three. And my favorite hat from the Phillies World Series run is the NL Champions hat. That's the coolest hat they put put out in 08. The The one uh, with the trophy on the back. uh, Yeah, that was the coolest one they put out. And I have no idea what happened to mine, and it really pisses me off. I I, saw somebody with wing bowl at it, and I was like, I'll give you 50 bucks for that hat right now. And he said no. I purchased a lot of apparel today. I had to work. I had to work the wing bowl. It was a lot of fun. Taylor was there. He had a good time. Taylor is disagreeing vehemently right Taylor's now. Taylor's still sticky from the wing bowl. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay. Should we I, talk about hockey? I, I wanted right. to. I was trying to say how I didn't see any destruction. And oh, right. Then we, got, we got like way sidetracked. Just little stuff like signs. No, I really stuff. didn't yeah. see. And I'm like, I, you know, wait, I thought, oh, this is out of hand. This time? No, and like I was one of the people who was out of hand. I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm not saying like, oh, everyone else was an asshole. I was one of those people in 2008. I was 20 years old. I was throwing things. I was doing a lot of shit I shouldn't have been doing. Oh, I didn't see I nearly mean, any of that this year. But no. I was like in a, I was in a small area. Well, we were in the thick of it, and I, I mean. Yes, the awning collapsed because people were jumping that off is, of it. Yes, I'm totally. There fine was with destruction, that. but that, 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 that was an intentional destruction. I mean, they didn't want the awning to collapse. No, yeah, it wasn't like laying <laughs> stuff on they, fire they, or no, breaking were, things. It was just people uh, being idiots. I mean, there was they they took down some light poles. And, yeah, I'm fine with that too. And traffic light, light traffic light signs, yeah. and like they the got big, plenty of light poles. The big potted plants that are up yeah. Broad Street were all. No longer on the sidewalk. Plant plants in the ground. Why you got but, pots? But people were very actively trying to put them back too yeah. when we were walking back up. One of my favorite underrated moments was when uh, we were maybe like three blocks away from my apartment. It was the very very end of the night, and there's these two guys, oh God, and they're yes. they're carrying like 
parts of basically one of those like blockade things. Yeah. And they had they were carrying them for like a good five or six blocks. <laughs> and you could tell like they were almost they were almost there. And then this cop was sitting in the parking lot in a, a, a broad and spring garden and you could see like his door opens and he's like rushing over and was like, all right. And, and even the cop even like he wasn't he wasn't, you know, yelling at them. He was like, guys, come on. He was, it, I was like, what are, he, he asked, what are you doing? Are you and doing? they're he like, was like, we what, don't even know. What are, you what are you carrying this for? Like, <laughs> why? why? You know. brought a bottle of champagne out on Broad Street? She did. <laughs> You're goddamn right I did. Did. They, did the cops say anything to you? Well, when I went to go pet the horse, they were like, you, you gotta. Could, you you could at least try. pretend to yeah. hide it. <laughs> I had. I had like a comically large bottle of champagne. Well, no, I, this was a big yeah. one. This it was, was a this, big. I brought it out to Broad Street, and the cop was just, "Come on, man! Like you can't have glass bottles out here. Like oh. this is ridiculous." I was like, "Oh no, it's plastic." He goes. It's your life. <laughs> and that was it. Like, no, I mean, the, the cop, like, he I was on. I a lot of cops. He was on the horse that I was petting, and he, like, kind of laughed about it. Which is like, right. I mean, they, they weren't out there to fuck with anybody. No, they, they wanted everybody no. to have No, fun. that was the thing. Yeah. Is in 08, like, when we were climbing light poles, like, uh, there was a cop beating the light pole with his nightstick trying to get it down. <laughs> oh, like, no, that, that, that doesn't seem effective. That, that doesn't seem effective. I don't it, know. It wasn't. <laughs> I, I mean, stay I mean, up there. There, there were yeah. people, I mean, there were people climbing these greased light poles too with the cops just let them do it. I not believe it was hydraulic fluid. Because uh, that is a... They didn't catch on fire. That so is no, an I don't environmental so. disaster. Wait, it rained all day? There, that was the that first is, thing I thought about. There is no way. Listen, the there was... The water system. That was a myth. Folks, there were there were enough fireworks oh, where dear if it God. if it was hydraulic fluid it would have gone up in flames and, and that is nothing, somewhere that is yeah. one thing nothing i would commend uh eagles fans you learned from last week the people i saw setting off fireworks this week weren't doing it in the dumbest possible way imaginable <laughs> well, everyone i saw setting well, off fireworks last week or two well, weeks ago was yeah. doing it as stupidly as possible this time they were putting the mortar thing down lighting it oh yeah, yeah no i did yeah. see them yeah. all down on the ground no two weeks ago i, I saw I mean, they were very the near thing. to like, people. goddamn Jason uh, Pierre Pole. Yeah, uh, yeah, they put it on the ground, and then you see the one video of you know they they like the they like the box, and you know, it's getting ready to go, and the guy just goes over. He's just going to you know squat down on top of it. Well, <laughs> oh yeah, I did see that video. Yeah, um, I was going to. They can't all be say winners. Something else about dumb fireworks. There was nothing ablaze. I everybody don't just like Roman candles everywhere. Just yeah. people holding up oh, Roman candles everywhere. I remember so. Uh, near City Hall, like that big apartment building near City Hall, um, is where a lot of the flyers live. And I was kind of like looking to see if I recognize any faces, but it wasn't necessarily about the flyers. It was like, all right, who out of my friends is out here? Because I know that they're all out here. Yeah. Um, this morning, there was a video on uh, Instagram that at least like Claude Giroux and Scott Lawton were out there, like right near the awning that collapsed, like with us. And Scott Lawton is just having a fucking blast. <laughs> like he is screaming and he is jumping and dude is pumped. He's the one who stole the horse. Guaranteed. It was uh, yeah. Definitely. You know what? Guaranteed. Well, the, the horse is lucky he's still alive if Scott Lawton's still right, so Listen, I guess we the sweet do... boy likes ponies. It's fine. I guess we gotta do a little bit of hockey <laughs> Yeah, this, yeah, this is go. a good way to transition. Yeah. Uh, this is a good way to transition. I'm a professional, right. folks. So, I'm just gonna read out these these lines. Drew Couturier Connecting. Yeah. Into it. Voracek Patrick Simmons. Into it. Liking it. Raffle Lawton Wheel. Into it. It's alright. Yeah. 
Laterra, Philpola, Lear. Well, oh, Jesus. I mean, but it's, it's, but it's this, the fourth it's line. It's the fourth line. Yeah, of everything they're going to... One thing I thought was, um, like, is it worth having a more even bottom six or just having three decent lines and then just a fourth line that's going to be bad? Yeah. But they played well in, in, in the... Like, they weren't bad. They weren't that bad. But right now, would you say this is optimal? It's as close lines, as we're going to get. The 12, the 12 forwards and the groupings that are, yeah. is this the best that they can do given the names on the active roster? I mean, I still, and this is in no way, shape, or form me defending Dale Weiss. I still would rather have Dale Weiss in the lineup over Laterra, but like, who cares? I'd rather have you in the lineup over <laughs> <laughs> When was the last time Dale Weiss played? Was it January 4th? Poor Dale. Know. It's been a I while. I think it was January. That, and that's one no, thing. Poor I'm, Dale. I know. I'm no, but that's. I want to know. He sucks. Give, he does. He but does like, suck. is 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 Latera better? Is Lear no. better? Is well, Lear is better? Is better. Is yes. 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 Maybe. I don't know. Charlie. I mean, Confirm. his numbers are certainly better. Ta-da. Underlying numbers. He's. I'm just like. I don't think there's a difference. I, maybe he's a little more talented, but the, what's January fourth is the last yeah, the time last that he time. played. What would it take to get Dale Weiss back in this line? An injury, an injury, yeah, an, injury. Yeah, yeah. an act because of like, God. Like, <laughs> like Tyrell Goldborn played over him for a decent amount of time. Yeah. Well, they needed the energy, William. <laughs> they did. Yeah. And look what happens when he comes out of the lineup, guys. I'm just everything saying. goes to yeah, shit. Everything's going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I made this point a couple weeks ago when we were having one of our like Haxtell yelling sessions mm-hmm. that like <laughs> I've I never do, done I, that in my life. I, that I do believe that him and the organization as a whole is not bad at evaluating forwards. Like maybe they could be better, but I think for the most part they they figure out who the good forwards are and who the bad forwards are. Mm -hmm. Like my big issue is the defense and I still have that, that issue. Like that's not gone anywhere, but I do believe that the flyers are pretty good at figuring out the good forwards and the bad forwards. I want to get to the defense in a minute, but Dale Weiss has two years left on his contract. Sure does. What are they going to do? Like it's a $2.35 million cap. It's not prohibitive, but it also wouldn't be prohibitive for a team that might want to pick him up. If you put him on waivers, I I feel like they wave him in the beginning. I don't think anybody would want to pick him up on waivers. I see. I don't know. I I feel like there might be like, you'd have to basically give him away, but like, I'm sure there, there are some teams out there that still look at Dale Weiss and think like, well, Maybe he needs a change of scenery. We liked him when he was in Montreal. Maybe like this just wasn't a yeah. fit. He does only have two more years left on his deal. So it's not like, you know, yeah, the four years that he got was ridiculous, but the Flyers have already gotten through half of that. So maybe a team, and like the cap hit isn't that big. You know, maybe a team thinks, maybe the Flyers have to eat a mill a year off of the deal or something like that. But I think there, there are teams out there that would have interest in acquiring Dalewees. That's what I, I, if you were to, maybe not this year, because it's this year plus two more, um, but say you wave him at the beginning of next year, you put him down on the Phantoms, maybe someone bites? Like, I mean, that's what I was, best case scenario. I don't think, I don't think anybody would bite considering, um, considering the fact that like, it's really easy to slip players through waivers at the end of camp because everyone is trying to slip players through waivers. So I don't think anyone would bite then, but I could envision a situation where like, you know, they they put him through waivers and he's down in the AHL for a bit and then gets called back up and then maybe he gets traded. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I just I do think there is something of a market for Dalewees. This uh this Laterra benching to go from, you know, one overpaid fourth line. That was that was next. really intriguing. 
this benching of Latera, considering it was like his best game of the season, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was strange. Um, but do you think they buy him out? Like, what is going to happen with Yuri Latera now? So, like, God, I the, hope they the organization clearly doesn't to. value him. They just think he's better than Dale Weiss. They think he's bigger than Dale Weiss. Mm. So uh, the thing with the buyout of of Latera is. Like in a way, it makes it almost makes more sense to just send them down to the AHL yeah. next year and like basically do what they did to Reed, mm-hmm. uh, do that do next year. But I could see Hextall thinking we we do like this guy. Like we don't like him as a player, but we think he's a good dude. I want to buy him out to give him a chance to catch on with someone else. Like I could see that being because like Hextall, I think Hextall kind of was one of the reasons why they bought out Umberger. And I mean, obviously Umberger didn't catch on with anybody else, but because his body failed. Yeah, well, because he wasn't like, good anymore. He was, yeah, but, he had nothing left. But I, I, I did get the impression when they bought out Umberger that one of the reasons for that was like, well, he's not part of this team anymore. But maybe you know, rather than park him as the 14th forward for another year, like mm-hmm. just. Go try to find another job somewhere else, man. You're not a fit here. Maybe you'll be a fit somewhere else. I could see them thinking the same thing about Laterra. Like, well, you know, Yuri's a good guy. He's just, you know, there's no room for him here. So let's just buy him out and see if he can catch on elsewhere. Now, I I want to get to the defense now because I have a question that I don't know if I know the answer to. Wait, hold on. You're talking about the Ottawa game, right? And how he like barely played? Well, well, he had he, one shift in the third. Yeah, he got one shift in the third. It was the very first shift of the third. And that was after he played pretty well in the first two periods. Okay. I want to get. I, for a minute, thought that he was scratched for a game. And I was like, no, no, no. I would have remembered that. I want to get to the uh, to the defense because I have a question that I don't know. And this is odd for me. I don't know if I have an opinion on it yet. I, need, I can be swayed either way here. You don't have an opinion on something? So so what you're saying is I don't give my opinion because I know that you're um, going to give the complete opposite <laughs> of what I say. No, because mm-hmm. I, I can see the argument for both. I just don't know which is better. Right now they have one good defensive pair and two wildly ineffective defensive pairs. Uh, neither of the bottom two defensive pairs can move the puck at all. Mm. If you were to break up Provorov Ghost, you would at least then have two pairs that could move the puck. But would the guy you're pairing with, one like McDonald's going to be playing with one of those two, and probably Manning, because clearly they're trying to shelter Manning at this point. So would it be worth it? Would it be worth anchoring both of them with guys who are going to hurt their productivity to give them a little bit more depth, or do we just want to try to kill it with with one line and hope to hold on with the other two? I think you have to break them up. I have the opposite opinion. All right, then. There so we go. S- selfishly, I want them to stay together because, and and like honestly, this may sound dumb, but I want. I, I want their numbers to match what they are. And yeah. it's infuriated me for the last two years that both those guys have, have been made to look mediocre, particularly at five on five, because they're playing with players that are like borderline NHLers. And selfishly, I, I want I want to be able to go on Twitter and talk about how great Ivan Provorov is. Yeah. And have all the people, all like the, na- the the fans of other teams, like they'll go on, you know, Corsica.hockey or National Statue, look up his numbers and be like, why are you, why are you acting like Ivan Provorov's all that good? He's, you know, negative in Corsi. He doesn't, he doesn't score a ton. Like you're, you're are just, o- you're just, you're just, you're just overrating him. And it's like, no, because he's with garbage. Wait, and what people tell you that, that, you're overrating Ivan Bro- yes. like before, really? Oh, of course, yeah. Oh. yeah. You shouldn't That's listen to those. That's adorable. Albums. But like, just by looking at the numbers, 
you would think that we are dramatically overrating Ivarella. And I want to be able to, you know, basically be like, look how good this guy is. And now with Ghost, he's like his numbers are trending so far upwards with Ghost and Ghost too. Like Ghost is doing better than ever with Proveroff. Yeah, they are really feeding off of each other well. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, maybe it makes sense to spread the wealth, but I just, I, I want them to keep dominating. They deserve I mean, it. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. No. They, they deserve it. They deserve to have this fun. I mean, that's fair. It, it totally is. And they're obviously better together than they are apart. But if we are at this point acknowledging that this team is making a playoff push for whatever reason, for however far it's going to go, you can't do anything in the playoffs with one defensive pairing. Like, they have to have at least two that are at least functional. And right now we have one that's functional, and if that's they, not going to work. Given the current makeup of this team, and I'm not entirely convinced they wouldn't go out and get a veteran defenseman oh, at the God, trade deadline me. if they're still in it. No, uh, I'm just like someone who could come in and at least add depth to what they have. Uh, if it's not going to cost you a ton, why not? Um, so my reasoning as to why they should not be split up is because... This is the one thing that the coaching staff has gotten right. Like, this is the one thing on defense that the coaching staff has gotten right. Like, the other two pairs are a disaster because the coaching staff is a fucking mess when it comes to evaluating defense. Like, they could fix it. They could fix it, but they refuse to. So let them run with Ghost and Provorov and that's, and, and that's that's their reward for their rookie hazing of being stuck with Andrew yeah, McDonald. And, yeah. and selfishly, like you want their numbers to match. I have to watch the next thirty games. Like this is what we do. I want to watch the most entertaining yeah, product. Yeah. And Provorov Ghost together is more entertaining than Provorov Go uh Provorov yeah. McDonald Ghost Manning, like it's just it's my just God. better than that. Can we well, just fire Brandon Manning into the sun? And, and, yeah, like, and like, that's something. That's my next. Uh, Charlie, you pointed this out, and a lot of people noticed it on Twitter. It's something that came up in my post game as well. Um, you wrote about it in your ten observations. What they're doing with Manning and Gudis and putting them out there with the top line. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a new thing. And is this a, is this the new way of sheltering them? Put them out there with three superstars and um, hope for the best. Because all right, well we're going to be on offense, so their defensive deficiencies won't be as obvious. Yeah, and I, I actually it was it was interesting because the um, after Saturday's game, like it was a long time before we got Hackstall. Um, we waited in the locker room for the players for like probably a good fifty minutes before we got everybody. So most of the most of the writers then, as soon as we got done with the player quotes, most of them had to run upstairs because they're on deadline. Yeah. I'm lucky enough that I'm not on a deadline, so I went in to you know interview Hacksaw. It was like three people. <clears throat> so because of that, y- you were able to ask questions that normally you wouldn't be able to get in because there were just less people, and you know everybody got through the easy ones. And it's like, well, now we got five, six more questions to go. Might as well ask them something interesting. So I asked them, you know. Manning and Gouda spent a lot of time in the first two periods behind that top line. Was there, you know, was that intentional? What was the thought process? And, you know, he evaded the question to a degree, but he did straight up say that, like, no, it's that, not a coincidence. It's not a That's coincidence. The one quote I saw. Yeah, like, they, yeah, there was, there was a reason for that. Now, he did imply that, like, part of it was, I think, and this is something that, that maybe a lot of people don't, it makes, it's one of those things, where, like, it makes sense when you say it, but it, it maybe doesn't register right away as you're watching. Like, Defense. They, they they use certain defense pairs against certain forward combinations, and then the other team uses certain defense pairs against certain forward combinations. So it may have just been as simple as Ottawa used their third line a lot against 
Couturier, Giroux, and Konechny, and maybe the thought process was, well, we'll put Manning and Gudas out there against their third line. You know, if Otto would have went fire with fire, maybe they don't mm-hmm. use Manning and Gudas. Maybe yeah. they, they they put Ghost and Provorov behind them. But it, it, just, it stuck out to me because we've had so much fun watching that five-man unit. That five-man unit with the, the top three and then the uh, the Ghost Provorov pairing. And the first two periods, you didn't see it because Manning and Gudas were like stapled to that top line. And it was just, it was weird. And then in the third period, when they dominated, Ghost and Provorov were back with the top line and that certainly helped. Weird. <laughs> um, Weird how that, how that happened. And looking at what's been going on with the defense and how um, Brandon Mann in particular but all the guys that we've critiqued all year for their you know just poor play basically um, it's starting to really show. It's starting uh, when you take Provorov and you take Ghost away from these guys the warts really show. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the reasons too why I want I, I want the pair that goes over a pair and to stay together to show everybody this is how bad these yes, guys are yes because I, 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 love I, I legitimately like I want this to be staring like Ron Hextall in the face every morning of like all these guys that are not good, you're now seeing just how not good yeah. they are. Oh God, that fills me with joy. Like, like, like I like your reason so much better than mine. <laughs> but like, you're not you're not <laughs> able to delude yourself into thinking that yeah. Andrew McDonald is good because Ivan Provorov is lugging him around the ice. You're it's staring you right in the face that like this guy is a third pair defenseman at best, and you can't you can't brush it aside. You can't you know it, it's not getting hit. And it's the same thing with like Phil Pulitera. Like now they're on the forward lines, and now the top nine can just be good, and it doesn't. You know, because it's very hard to separate teammate effects, like linemate effects. Like we can do it and we can say, oh, well, this is why this guy sucks. But it's a very inexact science. Like you don't know just how much one player of negative impact one player is having on the other, the other two, the other four guys on the ice. But what you're seeing right now is just how dramatic it has been. Like I think if anything, the ghost Provorov pairing has shown me that I underestimated just how poor. The, the, the defensemen at the bottom of this roster are because like legitimately by advanced metrics the ghost Provorov pairing has been the best pairing in hockey this year they have driven play both adjusted with expected goals and non-adjusted with Corsi they've driven play better than any pairing in hockey and to have those two guys be that good together the minute that they're separated from Andrew McDonald from Robert, Robert Hay from Mark Stride from Brandon Manning like that's it just shows you just how lower end those guys are and just how good those top two guys are um I want to, given that we're seeing the warts, yeah, given that we're seeing the warts um, in those those three, it's it's McDonald, it's Haig, and it's Manning. Those are the guys it's really showing. Um, do you think we're going to see Sanheim again this year? They, they, well, they need to, but they, they won't. To. Like You don't think? I don't know. It, it'll be... Uh, oh, I would say it would be an injury, but they've got Mark Alt up here if there's an injury. I will, oh, I will riot. Boy. I do believe that if, if there's Same an injury, buddy. there's an injury, Sanheim will come back because I asked Hextall, I basically asked Hextall that uh, on Friday, I think, was when we got access to him. And I, I just said, like, if I, I didn't even ask for injury, I asked for poor play because Hextall said, you know, the last time we talked to him that. Um, you know, something's going to break because with poor play or something, maybe somebody comes out of the lineup. Obviously, that didn't happen. They sent Sanheim down. So I asked him, you know, if if a guy is benched for poor play on the defense, would you just put Alt in or would you call up Sanheim? And Hextall evaded, but he was he, he was honest in his evasion, which was nice. And he basically said that, look, I'm not going to give you this answer because... I'm not going to say something that will like piss off someone on the team. Mm-hmm. And the way I read that was basically, 
Yes, we're going to call up Sanheim, but I'm not going to straight up tell you that because then I'm basically telling Mark all, dude, you're literally just up here to skate around and practice. Mm. Now, I assume like if um, the day of a game, like they have their morning skate and someone shows up. Yeah, then all it'll play. Someone shows up and they're shitting themselves or they tweak their ankle. Or they tweak their ankle like in in pregame. That's what Mark Alt is here for. So Sanheim can actually get minutes. But if it's going to be an injury where someone is out for a while or they're just like, you know what? Actually, Brandon Manning is an AHLer. We we got a new new prescription in our contacts and we can see now (laughs) that he shouldn't be playing right now. As it turns out, Brandon Manning belongs the AHL. Uh, can Who I knew? just say one thing about Brandon Manning that yeah. really like, bothers me? One thing, and then I want to move on to happier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. There's one thing that really bothers me more than anything else about is Brandon it his Manning. Stupid face. No. Is it a stupid play? It's that. <laughs> it's it's this one thing in particular about Brandon Manning is that he had seasons in the AHL of like 180, 130. He had a 230 penalty minute season. Uh-huh. He's not good at fighting. No, he's no. not. I just assumed no, because he got in so many fights, he'd be a good fighter. Yeah. He's not. He gets beaten up every time. That's the thing. He'll he'll instigate a fight and then he'll fucking lose. He keeps yeah. getting beaten up. Yeah. You know what has, he doesn't turtle. You know what has cracked yeah. me up though? Like it seems like every time he has like a particularly bad game. This is over the last couple weeks. Yes. Every time he has a particularly bad game, he like finishes the game with a fight. Yeah. Because it's like, well, I know I suck today, but if I beat the shit out of someone <laughs> or if I let myself get the shit kicked out of, that'll impress the coaches enough to Heart. keep me in. Speaking Great. of fighting, how great was Simmons' leadership to get himself taken off the ice, <laughs> getting in that fight, so that Nolan Patrick so that our could be baby the extra boy guy? And then score a goal. He pulled a Sam Hinkie. He died for our sin. He did. Wait, he, what Simmons a died. Man. He had to get in the Sam fight. Sam Hinkie, by the way, out. called called the Eagles win. Did you see? Sam Hinkie's great. That? He's a great American. Sam Hinkie. He's a great American. <laughs> Sam Hinkie died for our sins. Wayne Simmons what? died. Taylor, for Nolan what? Patrick. Taylor, I'm not allowed. Yeah, to but like then Sam they blew Hinkie. it. I know. I'm right there with you. I remember all the shit that he talked on Sam Hinkie for years. Sam Hinkie's plan years. was right. I just didn't know if he was the right individual. No, you hated his it. plan, too. I Listen, understood his plan. All of these conversations are recorded. I understood they're, they're his plan. They're in the archive. I always said, you, <laughs> no, gotta, lose, you gotta lose to win. I, I was I've, always down with that. I've listened to a lot of your Sam Hinkie stuff, and yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with Taylor and step on this. <laughs> no, I always understood his plan and agreed with it. I just didn't believe in him personally. That was all. Wow. You did not trust the process. I, that, I didn't trust imagine him. That. That's mm. all. Moving on. Anywho. Steph, what are the happy things you want to talk about? Nolan fucking Patrick. Nolan fucking Patrick. So Speaking of boy. trusting the process. Sweet boy. Trusting the process. Nolan is all grows up. He is breaking out. Like this is. Finally. This is. is acne? No, that's Proverol. That is Proverol. <laughs> that's Proverol. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Our poor angel. We need to get him invested in, in some of our skincare routines. I'll, I'll talk to him. <laughs> so, Charlie, Sounds I'll great. send you some stuff just to leave in his locker. <laughs> All right. right. It's like a little baggie. Yeah. Um, Nolan Patrick, I think that th- what's happening right now is kind of pointing to... He was not. He was playing hurt in the beginning of the season. Like oh, this yeah. is exactly yeah. what we saw from Claude Giroux and yeah. Shane Gossis. Almost last at the exact season. same time. Almost at the exact same time. I think that they were probably in, in February. I think that they were a little bit behind, but they had, I think, more invasive surgery. They had they the had. hip mm-hmm. thing, and when when I read all that stuff on the specialist who talked about the uh, the abdominal injuries and the different types of sports hernias, he wants that. That was his thing. Is he wants to eliminate the term sports hernia because it's overbroad and. Yeah. Like, 
like there's all sorts of different core muscle injuries. And he said the real serious ones are when it gets down into your hip. And that's what happened to um, that's what happened to Ghost and Drew, and yep. it took them a little longer. He said like the misdiagnosis was an issue for uh, for Patrick, but once they got it all figured out, it wasn't nearly as bad as what happened to Ghost and Drew. Yeah. I, I also think too, and I agree that there was probably a lingering you know, lingering pain or lingering discomfort or something. I I would still believe that most of it was conditioning. Yeah. Conditioning and the fact that he didn't play that much last year. Like, aside from the fact that he was slower than I expected him to be over the first three months of the season, it was also that, like, he constantly was losing puck battles. And there were also, there were puck battles that he wasn't even trying to get into. And that was his thing. Because it seemed like he just was convinced he was going to lose it anyway. So it's like, well, I'll just kind of, you know, back up and, pl- and play and play contain on this guy because if I attack him, I'm not going to win the puck anyway, so what's the point? And that's why he was getting killed by play driving numbers because he was just conceding too much to the opposition. And I think part of that was... And that's why he got promoted. Yeah. Because he was playing like Andrew McDonald. So they moved him up in the lineup and he said, <laughs> Ah, suckers! And then started playing well. No, I, I, actually, that, that does that does bring up something I do want to say. Like, with the exception of the time he spent with Dale Weiss, and that was annoying because Dale Weiss is not very good. Like, I do want to credit the Flyers here. Like, they did a really good job with Nolan Patrick. I want to yeah. say they for, didn't give up on him for everything we have criticized, especially this coaching staff for over the last couple of years. The way they handle young players, they recognized that yes, he is playing poorly. We talked on this show. Yep. I said over and over again. Listen, I am not worried about the long term potential of Nolan Patrick, but he needs to be giving them more than the nothing he's giving yeah. them right now. And to their credit, they stuck with him even when he was giving them nothing. And now. It looks like finally. No, look at him. He look might at be our the guy baby. we thought we were getting when we drafted him. He's our Thank baby. God. Yeah, th- that no, Patrick, baby. Was, he's our baby. He's, he's, he's it, baby. That would have been a real. That would have been a Listen. real bummer if they got the number two pick and he sucked. That well, would have yeah. been a real bummer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I would have really, really. I, JVR all I'm over like, you know what? Folks. I'm going to cover basketball. JVR now. doesn't suck. I know. I just like to say that because it's inflammatory. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't believe in scoring. Winners. You're channeling your inner Bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll turn. He'll save you. So yeah, I I, I am happy. I do want to credit the coaching staff for at least getting this one right. This they have done one. some right things. Look, one time I took it. One time I took like a test two. in college, and it was twenty questions. I got number one right. Look at this guy. Sometimes you get one so right. I, I still got, got the other right. nineteen wrong. Uh, the, I got five. <laughs> you got five. <laughs> I hung it up on my refrigerator. A 25%. I love it. Those are Dave Haxtell numbers. He's got about 5 of 20 things right this season, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I'd yeah. say I'd say about that. About uh, 5 of 20, yeah. And then the other good thing that I want to talk about is Brian Elliott is oh, is yes. back. So he's off Thank IR. God. We I we expect him to play tomorrow. Yeah, he is oh, he's back. playing. Yeah. Because, because Neuvert ain't playing. Because Neuvert is like Deep in the doghouse. What is his deal? Like, what good they, is Michael Neuvert? He, he is terrible. He, he's the new Steve Mason. They hated Steve Mason, but they needed Steve Mason. They hate Michael Neuvert, and they don't need him. Which they, is weird because Neuvert was his guy. Uh huh. So what did he do? Sp- I was gonna. I wanted Spicy, to do this right opinion. after we talked about Dale Weiss, just so I could say. Speaking of nonsensical contracts, hey. oh. how are they gonna <laughs> get through another year of Michael Neuvert when they clearly just don't trust him and I, he doesn't trade care to, to play? Vegas, I, I, I think they're gonna trade him. Yeah. I, I really Who think would they're gonna want him. Okay, his numbers this year actually that was was wonderful. Uh, His numbers this year actually are not bad. Like, yes, he's been high maintenance and it's kind of been this mess, but like 
His stats are pretty good. He's not a bad goalie. Like we we can we can yell about him. No, he's not. He's not a bad goalie. It's just that you know I, I, it was funny when we were uh, we were heading home. Um, basically, uh, I was uh, we were walking out. Me and Maddie were walking out of the uh, of Wells Fargo, and I made this point about Neuvert. It was basically like I feel like what happened with Neuvert last year to this year is like you're a teacher and you've got like this one really problem kid who like is constantly acting up and and, and, every, and you know he's 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 messing with the lessons like he's talk constantly talking he's just you know incorrigible and 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 yeah there you know there's there are these other there are these other kids who are annoying too but like that one guy is who you're focused on all your all your frustration and then you finally succeed in getting him thrown out of school <laughs> and then immediately the person who was didn't seem that bad in comparison, the second most annoying guy, then immediately is like, holy crap, this guy's annoying too. I hate him too. I yeah. think that's what happened with Neuver. Like they were so infuriated with Mason for whatever reason that they were just able to kind of ignore the issues with Neuver because he was not Steve Mason. Mm-hmm. And now that Steve Mason's gone, it's like, yeah, this guy's really annoying too. We all talked about how hypothetically the Anthony Stolarz injury was could be a big deal. Yeah. Um turns out it's a big deal. It is. They really really yep. could have used him this year. Yeah. Like that would be a real Alex Lyon he is, is skating now. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but I mean he's still a ways away from playing. Alex he may Lyon not have might, might have a nice little career for himself, but Bad. when I watched oh, him boy. moving in the net listen, he is one of the best goalies in the world. He made it to the NHL. Yeah. Um but of that group, pretty bad. He is low on the totem pole. <laughs> pretty bad. The way he was just moving, like, didn't look like an NHL goal. No, it didn't. Like he, he was yeah. like one skating from like arm. I'm like this Titan. Just yeah. Titan, make yourself bigger. Why are you facing the wrong direction? Yeah, that's why are you facing the wrong direction? It wasn't even just like a bad performance. It looked. It looked like he didn't know what shitty. to do. Like, it like, looked not like even one like- of those. Like Brian Elliott looks like a lunatic half the time, but it's like terrifying. He seems to know what he's doing with his flailing limbs. He, it, when this when you kid play, had no idea when, what he was doing. When you play as a kid, you don't always have a goalie. So some days you just put the pads in front of someone and say, "You got to suck it up for it tonight for for us tonight." <laughs> One That's us. what Alex Lyon looked like. Yeah, I felt really bad for him. I felt really bad, and I, I know that I probably shouldn't, but. Like he's he wasn't supposed to be the starter in the AHL this year. No, and he had to be, and then he got thrown. I, I, I'm just saying he was thrown to the wolves. All right, um, how Pulavati Vitae got thrown to the wolves, Steph? Well, you know? Corey Clement thrown to the wolves. I love they came Corey through. Clement. Donnell Ellerby started him. the fucking Super Bowl. And then that was it. He played played like two of the Why did he get an introduction? God bless him. All right. Phil's a fucking professional, man. That (laughs) is all the time we have for you tonight. Uh, Hey, man, we won the Super Bowl, guys. The Eagles won the Super Bowl. The Eagles won the Super Bowl. And we are going to Vegas on Friday. We're going to die. I really thought the parade uh, was going to be on Friday, and I was going to tell you guys I ain't going. I ain't going to Vegas. Well, no, see, the thing is, our flight isn't until 6 o'clock. So we would just. Yeah, we could have pulled it off. We would we would have been in yeah. the city all day and then just made just, it down, just drunk at yeah. the greatest airport. day ever. Yeah, right. but but we're gonna do that on Thursday instead, and then we're gonna go to Vegas and just continue the party. This is if you're coming to Vegas with us, like this is just gonna be a nonstop Eagles. You get to extend party. your Super Bowl party. Like, that's everybody. what it is. That's what it is. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching on Facebook. Thanks for hanging out tonight, Brian. For everybody at Broad Street Hockey, we won the Super Bowl.
I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.